Coming to you live from Des Moines, Iowa, in hotel room studios, this is the only podcast on the internet answering its own questions. It's the noobs and the Whovian, and this is not the Whovian, of course. This is Jared, bringing you episode 60.5, and we're answering questions from the episode on the Tomb of the Cybermen. So, starting off... You asked about Blue Peter and what that was and why did they have the clip from the first regeneration of the Doctor. Uh, Blue Peter is a British children's TV show, the longest-running children's TV show because it started in the 50s. It's been around for a long time, and there are actually a few different uh, Blue Peter connections and references in Doctor Who over the years. Uh, Just introduce a couple of them. If we look back in Classic Who, we've got the seventh Doctor's companion, Ace. And if you look up Ace, she is the quintessential TV exec image of an 80s, like, kind of punk, kind of trendy uh, girl of the time. But she wore two Blue Peter badges on her jacket. Uh, Now, for the sake of time, I I didn't get into how these badges were earned. I'll let you go out and do your own research. But uh, she actually won them as a child before she was on the Doctor Who series. And so she was allowed to wear them in Doctor Who. There are apparently very strict rules as to how you can use and wear these Blue Peter badges. So Ace wore a couple of Blue Peter badges in the show. And and an episode that uh, anyone who's followed along with Noobs and the Whovian will have seen we go back to the ninth doctor so this is the first season of new who looking at the ninth doctor we've got the episode the aliens of london and that's when the slavine which of course are from raxacoracophallopatorius are trying to invade earth and so they've faked this alien uh, ship crashing into the thames So as the Doctor is surfing through TV channels, looking at various news segments on what they're reporting, what's been found, what's going on, he's sitting in Rose's flat and uh, watching TV, and one of the clips that comes on is a show where they're making a cake that looks like the alien spaceship. Uh, they're They're showing how to make a cake. That's Blue Peter. That's the the kids show uh, that they're showing there. So now the reason why they were showing Doctor Who clips back then... Peter Purves, Purves, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but he played the first Doctor's companion, Stephen Taylor. And at the same time, he was also playing a host on Blue Peter for a short while. So because of this connection, they would show clips from Doctor Who. And because the showrunner for Blue Peter archived everything that Blue Peter ever did, All of those clips were saved from lost episodes. That's why we have some Doctor Who clips survive, because the showrunner for Blue Peter was much more insistent on archiving than the showrunners for Doctor Who. So let's look at the Cybermen. You were talking about their uh, evolution and why uh, it seemed like the process is different over the years. And I think there's a really interesting answer here. Uh, it just to quote from the TARDIS Wikia, uh, the Cybermen were a race of cybernetically augmented humanoids. So Cybermen are not necessarily uh, just one line that, uh, that, that evolved or changed or, or took from changed people. Uh, they were actually many 
different versions of Cybermen that have come along or, or different factions of Cybermen that have originated and they originated independently of each other and, and simply have gone through parallel evolution. So just to think about this, think about a new who we've got the Pete's world Cybermen versus the doctor's world uh, Cybermen. And while they look very similar, there are some differences between the two. It's, it's an interesting way to create a character. And just like you were talking about in the Tomb of the Cybermen episode, in the Hooniverse, Cybermen coming about is inevitable. It's going to happen no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, no matter what you do. If you change time, it simply changes when it happens or how it happens. But it will happen. And it will happen multiple times. And I really like this concept because I almost brought this up when we were talking about the Daleks and I was in Master Closet Studios. We, I, I almost brought it up that, you know, the Cybermen have a lot of the same challenges that the, the Daleks have. And why don't you hate the Cybermen as much uh, and, and rail on them? But there's a difference here because it's not that, oh, the Cybermen are back because we found someone hiding on the back of a moon somewhere and, and he repopulated the race or, or it was off in the void or anything. Well, the Cybermen were in the void, but still, um, it, it's, it's not because of these loopholes. It's because it's going to happen and it's going to happen multiple times. Some, somewhere, somehow, people will evolve into part machine and that's always going to look different. And so it allows more flexibility with this character for the stories to take on different forms, for the characters to take on different forms. And so that's why you have in New Who, we've got this, um, really, it was just Pete's world, if you look into it, where they were taking the brains out of humans and plopping them into cybernetic bodies. In other examples, the upgrades are coming in different ways. And so back in the Tomb of the Cybermen, we have the change from human to Cybermen coming piece by piece. It's it's kind of like you know we, we want uh, we want our people to be stronger so they can uh, lift more. Okay, well we'll upgrade their arms. They're all human except for robotic arms. Okay, well we want them to be able to run faster, so we'll upgrade their legs. And so that was my understanding is that was kind of the premise of how these Cybermen came about. It's it's one bit at a time that you change over to machine until you're so machine that you've lost all human emotion and and human feeling, which incidentally, I didn't, didn't say this uh, in that episode. That's why their voices were buzzing. Uh, if, if we could see the moon base, apparently their voices also buzz on that one. And it was to show the lack of emotion, the removal of emotion. That buzzing was supposed to be sort of more of a monotoned uh, a concept. I don't, to me, I don't know that that really came across. It came across as annoying, as I said, uh, but that was the purpose for that. That's why we have different looking Cybermen over the years. That's why we have different evolutions of Cybermen. And I think it's a wonderful background for these characters that allows them to fit into more and more episodes of Doctor Who because they're not locked in to one certain storyline. Speaking of evolutions, let's take a peek at the evolution of the TARDIS. There are lots of great articles, sites, and uh, YouTube videos dedicated to this. So I'm not going to go into too much detail. You can go look for yourself for more information. But the TARDIS 
was really largely unchanged from the start of Doctor Who until after Pertwee, that's the third Doctor, regained access to it after his exile on Earth. So longtime fans of Noobs and the Whovian, we've covered this already, but between the second and the third Doctor, the Time Lords punished the Doctor for his uh, time-changing escapades, and he was exiled to Earth and no longer able to use the TARDIS. He, that part of his memory was removed on how to use the TARDIS. Well, after he got uh, access back into his TARDIS, that was the first major overhaul of the look of the TARDIS, the interior of the TARDIS that we get. The reason it looks beat up on the outside uh, that we've seen from through the first and the second Doctor, I don't really know. Uh, maybe it's because that it was it looked that way so it would blend in in the junkyard remember when we first come upon the doctor he's his tardis is sitting in a junkyard there um or maybe it was because doctor who started back when they actually used police call boxes and a junky looking call box sitting on the street with his ship you know because it's a cloaking device for the ship trying to blend in maybe a junky looking one people wouldn't try to enter it and and try to use it uh, I'm not sure what was the thinking of making it look so old and battered, but that was the look, and uh, that's the look that we get through into the third Doctor. And so when does it become a thing where it's sort of changing with the Doctors? Well, the third got Doctor eventually got a new-looking TARDIS interior. The fourth Doctor uh, got a new-looking TARDIS interior, and the fifth Doctor got one. But then that sort of stayed clear until they did the movie with the eighth Doctor, uh, the, the look of the Fifth Doctors went through six and seven. You could probably say it's more of a new who thing that the TARDIS and the Doctor are are connected and, and changing together with regenerations and things. Um, maybe it's mostly driven by budget or or what they had on hand. When, with the Third Doctor, maybe they just had lost uh, too many pieces of the set with it sitting in storage for so long or things had broken. So they said, hey, let's do a refresh. I haven't found any definitive answer on that, but it seems like it's more of a new who thing uh, to update it more frequently. Finally, let's look at regeneration. Uh, and this is something we could probably do a whole episode on just in and of itself. But uh, so again, I'll, I'll this is the brief uh, Cliff Notes version, but um, we... we talked about the story of first doctor you know no longer really able to keep up the role he wants he wanted to go on but uh it, it just was too challenging so how do you keep the show going without just a, a sudden change of of the lead character well we have regeneration but they didn't call it that then we don't have that episode to watch, but they didn't call it regeneration yet. The writer's explanation of what was going on was that this was just something that the doctor's race did every 500 years. They just refreshed their look, uh, maybe like a snake shedding its skin. And so that was the original intent. So the doctor has mentioned, uh, the first doctor mentioned at some point he was 900 and some amount years old. So presumably he's already refaced because again they're not calling it regeneration yet refaced once and here he is coming on his second refacing um so that's uh th that was kind of the, the the original concept now when the second doctor accepted the role he made it clear from the start he was only doing it three years he didn't want to get pigeonholed into this role he, he said i'm doing it for three years that's all you got 
and he was good to his word. He stayed for three years, and that was that was what he did. So they were planning on this. They knew it was coming up. They planned his last season. Is is the stories are epic. They're huge, and uh, he, he goes into the regeneration uh, at the end of the at the end of the season. And, and and at the end of the story, so it's not like the first Doctor, mid-story, mid-season. It's, it's planned. It's at the end of it. They still aren't calling it regeneration. Um, but remember, this one was forced by the Time Lords. So the whole 500-year timeline doesn't have to take effect because it's forced. So, and, and that was also done by design of budgetary concerns. Remember, he's exiled now to Earth, so they don't have to come up with all these different planets and things, and they weren't sure who was going to play the next part. They, weren't, they didn't have Pertwee signed up yet. So they did the refacing, we'll still call it, and they had him change, start to change, but they didn't show the new actor yet and that didn't come until the start of next season now when the third doctor joined he stayed for uh, he stayed a little bit longer but he also left because there were large changes going on in the show that he didn't really care for and because he didn't want to get typecast he said so he, he noticed he was starting to lose jobs uh, people weren't accepting because they just thought he was going to do Doctor Who forever now, that he was going to be the Doctor until he didn't act anymore, and he didn't want to do that. So he left the show, and that's when they coined the term. When you go from Doctor 3 to Doctor 4, Pertwee to Baker, that's when they coined the term regeneration. And that is uh, when they changed the concept to the Doctor regenerates whenever he dies. That's sort of your your start of the regeneration concept. That sort of brings you through the first few uh, cycles of of okay, what are we doing here? How does this fit with the character and what's going on? And anything more? Well, you can just go look at articles about that yourself because there's tons of tons of information on all that too. So hopefully I've answered your questions. Thanks as always to the TARDIS Wikia and to BritBox uh, for the help with the research on this. And thanks, everyone, for listening, and I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time.